This is Heather Creekmore, and you're listening to the Radical Radiance Podcast. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Radical Radiance Podcast. My name is Rebecca George. I'm your host, and I am super excited about the conversation we get to have today with my good friend, Heather Creekmore. Heather has two resources coming out soon that I'm excited to share with you. The first one is a workbook all about body image that I think will be super helpful for the woman who thinks she's tried everything. So if that's you, go check out the body image workbook. The other resource is a book about aging called aging gratefully. And we talk a little bit about that towards the end of the episode. So I really think these conversations not only are important, but I think Heather is the right person to bring in to lend her wisdom on these topics. I think you're really going to enjoy her. So help me welcome our good friend, Heather Creekmore back to the show. Heather, I'm so excited to welcome you back to the show. Thank you for being with me. It's so fun to be with you, Rebecca, as always. We can hang out. (laughs) I know. We talked for 10 minutes before we hit record, and I asked you if you had any questions, and you said, no, we actually never have a hard time chatting. And so I am just so excited to welcome you back, and I love the writing that you've been doing in the space of body image and aging, and I'm so excited about the conversation that we get to have today. And I think it's really fitting that we're doing it around the holiday season because I think the challenge and the temptation to just be around all sorts of food that we're usually not Mm -hmm. around and care for our bodies well and stay active while we're doing all the things and we're doing and going to all the obligatory functions and just all of that that comes with and surrounds the holiday season, uh, I think can just kind of throw us in a tailspin. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I love that this resource is coming out around this time of year. And so your latest project is called the 40-Day Body Image Workbook, Help for Christian Women Who've Tried Everything. And I love that phrase, help for women who've tried everything. And I think many of us can relate to that. And so I just want to open up by having you share a little bit of your heart for it. Yeah. Well, it's an exhausting journey. Yeah. When you're constantly struggling with the way you look, right? Whether it's your size, you want that size to be a different size, whether it's aging, whether it's just the changes that happen, maybe through pregnancy or, you know, other changes, right? Like even even my my CrossFit coaching clients who were injured and had to sit on the bench for three months, right? Like body changes are a real part of life. And they're also a very consuming part of life Mm -hmm. for so many women, either we're frustrated that they are changing or frustrated that they aren't changing. And so my heart here is really just, I don't, I don't know, this might sound cliche, but maybe to address the elephant in the room right? That as Christians, we should have a better way to tackle these body image issues than the world does, right? Mm -hmm. We should have more hope in this arena. We should be more encouraged in this arena. And yet, I know from my own story and the many, many women that I speak to and and coach each week, like we're still struggling. And so the heart behind this book was to help 
the struggle in a real way, not to throw some platitudes at it, not to say, just love your body, you know, just, you know, or just like the Christian way. Ooh, yikes. Like I love, I love scripture and I love this verse, but how many times have we heard Psalm 139, 14, just slapped on our body image issues? Like just remember you're fearfully, wonderfully made and then go on with your life. Why are you still struggling? Yeah. We need deeper answers than that, Rebecca, if we're really going to get free. Yeah, we do. We do. And I just am clinging on to that phrase in your subtitle because I think there are so many listeners, I would argue most of us, if we're real, just gut level honest, who feel like we've tried everything, right? And I just wonder if a woman is there today and she's saying, Heather, I'm walking into the Christmas season and I'm already exhausted mm-hmm. over how much I'm going to think about my body, mm-hmm. whether it be guilt and shame over the meal that I ate last night, whether it be walking into a holiday party with family members who haven't seen me on, in a while and I've mm-hmm. put on some extra weight and I'm in a stressful season and, and, and whatever that challenge is, what do you want to say to her? How do you want to oh. encourage her? Yeah. Well, you know, oh, so many things, Rebecca. How long do we have? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I read the whole book on it. I mean, <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, I feel as if we wear this, like you said, shame and guilt and frustration and condemnation, right? We wear all of these things. <sighs> that Jesus doesn't ask us to wear, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and I, I really don't want to oversimplify it, right? Because the struggle is real. Like, it is my story. I have walked that walk. I have spent the entire month of December and probably part of November too. Actually, let's go all the way back to trick-or-treat candy. I yeah. probably spent from October 31st until December 26th, most years of my life stressing about mm. the holidays, not just because they're busy, but because what's going to happen to my body during the holidays. Yeah. And then I did this thing where I make vows to myself, right? Like, okay, just don't worry about it now. Worry about it January 1st. Yeah. <laughs> you know, January 1st, I'll, I'll undo everything. January 1st, I'll, I'll be a new me. I'll start all over. And Rebecca, you know, I'm, I'm almost 50 years old now. And I think about the probably 25, 30 January 1st, where my resolution was all about my body and, and just living that cycle. You know, I think there's a word for it when you do the same thing over and again, expecting <laughs> different results. I don't know. I may have heard that somewhere, but I think that there's a term for it that they maybe label insanity, right? But that mm-hmm. was me. I was insanely following the same pattern all through the holidays and then the same pattern every January. Yeah. And it never led to freedom. And and so I think I think the underlying message, the real hope for your listener today is that our body image issues aren't about our bodies. They're really about something so much deeper. They're spiritual issues, mm-hmm. right? They're issues about what we truly believe. I like to say they're not issues of biology. They're issues of theology, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And if you can truly see it like that, 
You have so much hope to be free. Whether you gain a couple pounds over the holidays or not does not matter, right? Mm -hmm. Your whole hope doesn't have to be in a January 1st new plan, right? You can start to see things differently. And none of that means you don't take care of your body, right? We're such black and white thinkers around this. But there is (laughs) so much more freedom that we have in Christ than, than I think what we're living under. Yeah, I completely agree. I love that whole thought of we're very black and white. And I think we're, we're that way about a lot of things as a people. And so I'm always challenging myself to see, like, how do I see the nuance in this conversation? Or how do I hold the tension between two different things? And even specific to body image, one thing that I've just really been challenging myself with is to just see as much joy as maybe I experience when... I go on a long walk with a friend. I live in East Tennessee in just a really beautiful area, and it's just a fun place to be outdoors and to be active. Like, can I find as much joy there as I do in going out to dinner with some friends and enjoying a really nice meal and enjoying community with them and not feeling guilt afterwards and and, and just holding both of those things as something that I can find joy in and and really experience and allow God to bless me through. And and so I just wonder, are there things like that for you, Heather, that you've like learned to hold the tension between or maybe might get listeners thinking, oh, maybe I can do that too this Christmas yeah. season, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. So the first thing I think we just need to lay out there is Jesus feasted. Right. And so I think we have Praise God for that. (laughs) Right. Like I think we have this underlying asceticism, right? So asceticism meaning like a purity that comes from self-denial, which is not actually a gospel belief, right? Mm. That's actually like a Gnostic kind of like the acidic monks like encourage this, right? So it's Mm -hmm. it's not actually aligned with scripture. So Jesus feasted. He celebrated events with food. In fact, when we get to heaven, Rebecca, we won't need to eat. But guess how we're going to celebrate? With a huge feast, Mm -hmm. right? So I think a lot of us have lived in this bondage of these beliefs that somehow it's not being a good Christian or not being a good steward of my body if I enjoy food around the holidays, like nothing could be further from the truth. Like God gave us food as a good gift, right? Whatever we do, eat or drink, do it all to the glory of God. Like we can celebrate him with food. And that doesn't mean gluttony. Sure. That doesn't mean we're doing something bad for our bodies. Our bodies were designed to eat. And we can celebrate in that way. I think where it gets tricky is this overemphasis that our culture has on health. And I would love to be using the word health in quotation marks there. <laughs> it's hard for the listener to see my quotation marks. Yes. But, but we've been sold over and over and over again, a different definition of health by our culture. And let me show you what I mean. So when I was in college in the 1990s, Rebecca, do you know what was healthy? Eating plain bagels, plain (laughs) turkey, using spray butter. There was a 
in the 1980s, Special K had the best diet around, right? You just mm. ate two bowls of Special K a day and ate a normal dinner, right? And then we got into the 2000s. And oh, carbs, ooh, they're bad. You can't be eating plain bagels. Oh, and, and I mm-hmm. forgot to mention that in, in 1992, you could not have convinced me to touch an avocado. Rebecca, <laughs> those things are so high in fat. I want to yeah. be healthy. And so to be yeah. healthy, I'm eating plain bagels, right? And then, so I'll get into the 2000s, right? And protein makes, <laughs> makes its entrance as the big star. And we start going towards paleo, right? We're eating more protein. We're eating less carbohydrates, less fat. And then, oh, here comes keto, which is really just the recycled <laughs> South Beach diet, which was yep. around earlier, right? But it comes back. And me, the same person who wouldn't eat an avocado, in 1992 because they had too much fat now in 2016 I'm making fat bombs yeah because I want to be healthy You're double fisting avocados <laughs> right? yeah right like it we have been on a wild roller coaster yeah. culture telling us what's healthy and it keeps changing like I promise you carbs are coming back they're coming <laughs> back there are biscuit restaurants opening all over the place and and the reason is our bodies were designed to live on all three macronutrients yeah we need carbohydrates we need fat and we need protein. And although, and I'm going to, again, use my air quotes, science has tried to manipulate like, oh, if you just eat this macronutrient and avoid this macronutrient, then you'll get thin. We've tried to do that for decades. Yeah. But what always happens is your body's like, no, actually, I need all three. And you might lose some weight. You might feel good for, let's even say, a year or two. And then your body's like, uh-uh, give me those carbs, right? And and what happens because of the messages from culture, we feel guilt and shame about this. Like, oh, it's a lack yeah. of my willpower. I don't have self-control. You know, why haven't I been able to follow this plan? And it's because all these plans are just made up by guys and women, Yeah. <laughs> right? That, yeah. And, and really, so I don't like to be a conspiracy theorist, Rebecca, but they all have a motive for us. And what's their motive? It's money, yeah. right? If if the diet industry really wanted you to be thin, <laughs> they would go out of business. Right. Right? Yeah. Right? And yet, what's interesting, so dieting really wasn't a thing until about 100 years ago. I would say it's probably been the last 60 or 70 years that it's really grown economically. But like yeah. the industry is is over $200 billion now, right? It's a huge industry. And yet... Most people I know are still fighting to lose weight. Mm. Like what what's going on here? So so I think what we have to do as Christians is we have to back the bus up. Mm-hmm. Like what in the world are we doing following the trends of culture on this front and going down this rabbit trail and this rabbit trail and feeling guilt and feeling shame and oh no, I lost the weight. Oh, I gained the weight. Like let's go back to the one who designed our bodies. Yeah. Right. Let's let's go back to what scripture says about food. Scripture doesn't call food bad. Yeah. Right. But I'll tell you my personal story, Rebecca. I spent most of my life trying not to eat because food was the thing that was going to make me fat. Mm. Right. Food. Food was the enemy. If I could yeah. just master food, then everything in my life was going to be better. And it never happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so anyway, that's that's a very long-winded way of saying, 
you know, I think there's so much more freedom to be had here. Like we can take, there's certainly wisdom. God has given many people great wisdom about health and nutrition, right? I love, I have a whole team of non-diet dietitians that I work with all the time. I'm, I'm talking to these ladies all the time and God has given them beautiful wisdom around how to take care of bodies, how to get out of eating disorders and disordered eating, that sort of thing. But if we're following Instagram influencers, you know, their body might not be designed just like your body is. I mean, we're all designed yeah. the same by God, but, but through our different experiences, like through our different genetic pathways, that's right. We need different things, right? And what might quote unquote work or feel good for my body might be completely different than what works and feels good for your body. So it's, it's time for us to separate ourselves from the culture of dieting language and get back to, okay, God, how, how would you have me care for my body? Can you give me some wisdom here? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And that wouldn't it be just like the enemy to take our eyes or to attempt to take our eyes off what the Lord is doing around us or distract us from how he wants to be at work in our lives through, especially throughout the Christmas season, because we're so focused on when we're going to get a a next workout in or what we're going to eat at a party tonight that we don't even enjoy those times. And we don't savor this time of year simply because we're worried about what it would do to our bodies, you know? Right. Well, and who's our focus on then? Yeah, exactly. Right? It, keeps, exactly. it keeps us so self-focused. And, yeah. and honestly, some of that is like just preservation, right? It's the way that our bodies were made. Because if you're under eating, you are going to be hungry and your body can only think about food because that's your right. body's job is to keep you alive. So some of that's just physiological, right? Yeah. But, but if we get caught up in it, it is really hard to love others well. Yeah. The Rebecca Reads book for November is How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life, Transforming Your Prayers into a Spirit-Empowered, Life-Giving Adventure by Bill Thrasher. Prayer is vital, the very heartbeat of our Christian journey, but maybe today you're feeling discouraged, disheartened, and distracted in your prayer life. Bill, a devoted teacher, father, and husband, presents clear and actionable steps to resurrect your prayer life. Rediscover the joy of prayer and get your copy of How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life, transforming your prayers into a spirit-empowered, life-giving adventure wherever you like to buy books. Radical Radiance is brought to you this month by the Dwell Bible app. In our busy lives, finding quiet moments to read the Bible, it can be challenging. I get it. Traditional reading-focused apps demand undivided attention. You have to carve out specific time and space in your day, but this also means missing opportunities to engage with Scripture in your car or during workouts or while you're just completing tasks around the house. And that's where the Dwell Bible app comes in, offering an audio-based solution. It lets the Word be read over you throughout your day. I've used well for a long time and my favorite part is all of the voice options. Felix's warm and inviting voice has always been my personal favorite. And hey, there's also a 25% discount on a yearly subscription waiting just for you. Go to dwellbible.com slash radical radiance to buy today. Yeah. So, and it kind of goes on both sides of the spectrum, right? When we're starving ourselves or we're working out, you know, 90 minutes the day after a party so that we can recover what we ate last night and let's not act like we all haven't done that. Um, 
you know, we're so focused on our body that that becomes an idol. And on the mm-hmm. other side of the spectrum, um, so when we're starving ourselves, that's the case. But on the other side, when we're overeating at all these different functions mm-hmm. and then we're feeling the guilt and the shame and it's just this endless cycle that also puts our attention where it doesn't belong. Um, so there's just like, again, with the tension that we sit in the middle of of being imperfect people trying to honor God in this area and we can get lopsided in either direction and get mm-hmm. ourselves in trouble. Yeah, I although, guess is what I'm like trying to articulate, well, you know? But, but let me jump in here. Because so I, I coach women around this every week and I feel like you're, you're tr- what you're saying is absolutely true, but I feel like the line of what like constitutes as overdoing it or overindulging has been so influenced by culture that most of the women I work with don't have any idea of like where that true line should be, right? I That's think there's fair. a lot yeah. of guilt and shame. And and I'm talking to these women, I'm like, well, what did you eat? Well, and I'm like, that, that wasn't too much. Like, do you have, yeah. do you have the, the machine in your house that will test your metabolism and, and actually knows that you went over? Like, you no, like we don't yeah. know. And so a lot of these calorie counts that we've read in magazines or on Instagram yeah. like aren't actually correct for our bodies. And so I would just say, like, it's so important to listen, listen to that, like, still small voice <laughs> around food and not listen to the loud voice saying you've overdone it. If you ate that one food that you love at the yeah. holiday party, that was overdoing it. Because I, I just, I feel like my normal is meeting women who are trying so hard to get it right in this area and feeling yeah. so much unnecessary guilt and shame over, yeah. and feel like they overdid it and really they only overdid it according to their own standard not not yeah. that standard yeah yeah that's so good and I've never thought about it that way that like who who defines the line for us and a lot of times it is culture and so I I just want to challenge that as well because that's also as you've said going to look different for absolutely every person listening mm-hmm. to this conversation right um and so it's, it can be challenging to define that, especially when we're looking in the wrong places. So I would love for you to share a little bit more about this resource that you're putting out, the workbook, and just how it's organized and how it can equip us a little more in this area. I'd love for listeners to hear more about that. Yeah. So it is organized as 40 different days of content. Now, mm-hmm. I'll say that some of the days are a little heavier <laughs> than others. Sure. So it may not be a pure 40-day journey, but each day has, you know, say four or five pages of reading to do. And mixed into that reading are some questions, right? So you like read a couple paragraphs and it's like, what? how does this strike you? Look up this verse, you know, see what this this says to you. Um, and then there's exercises, journaling exercises mm-hmm. or actual like legit like things to do. Go try this today <laughs> kind of yeah. stuff all throughout the 40 days. And and really we spend like the first week talking about like everything in culture, like the ways that culture is telling us um, to fix our body image issues, the reason mm-hmm. why it's so hard not to have body image issues in the culture we live in, right? Yeah. So we kind of start the journey there. And actually, I start the journey with Abraham, which sounds super weird. And I actually even like call that out. Like it's super weird to start a body image book with like this old guy from the Old Testament. <laughs> 
And yet Abraham was asked to just have faith and go to a land that he didn't know and couldn't see. And mm. I feel like that's where our body image or our body image journeys have to begin, right? Yeah. We need faith because for most of us, having a life where you don't struggle with food and what your body looks like every day would be a foreign land. <laughs> it would be yeah. a land we cannot even imagine going to. Yeah. And so we start the journey there and talk, talk about food. We talk about our relationship with food. We talk about um, really aging is in there. Talk about like all the different ways that we have like you mentioned, idolatry, like ways that we've made our body an idol. And we talk, actually, I do it. I'm kind of a nerdy, Rebecca. I do a deep, <laughs> which is I why a, I love you. Yeah, I do a deep dive into the history of the body image idol, really. And like looking yeah. through at scripture and like some of the places we see beauty idolized, you know, mm. through scripture. Um there were physical idols back in the Old Testament that symbolized some of the same things that our body image and beauty idols symbolize today. So we go through all that. Yeah. And and then, you know, really just try to, like I said, give you some practical ways to start on a new path so you can yeah. be freer around body image and food. I'm so excited about it. I cannot wait. And one of the other things we've, like, danced around and talked around this a little bit, but for people who, again, have tried everything and they're in the midst of conversations where one friend is trying Weight Watchers, the other friend has joined Orange Theory, a third friend is doing Noom and and they're loving just the balance that that has offered them. And, and everyone seems to have a different opinion or program that is working for them today. Yeah. Um, and yet we feel like, man, I just can't try one more thing. Mm -hmm. And I've just tried everything. Yeah. Um, how do we how do we sit in that tension? Maybe when we're in the midst of conversations throughout this season and we're trying to see this rightly as you're you're just sharing all this wisdom with us on this topic, but if we're there and we're in the midst mm -hmm. of those conversations and it's like, well, yeah, that's great that it's working for her, but I've tried everything. Right. Um, how do we, how do we handle those conversations? Yeah. Those conversations are tricky. I mean, the, the bottom line is love, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I, how can I love you well? Right. And so, yeah. um, so for me personally, I, I, at the, the distorted and disordered and probably full-blown eating disorder <laughs> that I had, like my history, I know now if I go on a diet, it would be sin. Okay. Yeah. And, and again, like that's so individual yeah. to me. That's so personalized. That's right. I'm not saying going on a diet is sinful, but yeah. for me it would be because I don't have the ability to not go on a diet without being 100% fully all in with that diet, which now I see puts all my focus on myself and is not very loving. Like my marriage would totally suffer. My parenting would suffer. I would yeah. even say my career would suffer because it's really sure. hard for me to think about anything else when I go all in on something like that. Yeah. Right. And so if the call is to steward my body well, right? Which actually, there's not a verse that says, be a good steward of your body. We have to just extrapolate all these things from, you know, just our bodies are good gifts, right? And yeah. our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But but for me, what happens too quickly, Rebecca, is I make the temple of the Holy Spirit 
a temple that I want to have glorified for my own glory, not for God's glory, right? Yeah. And so that's that's where I go astray. But I have to recognize that that's not going to be the issue for every single person I meet, right? Mm-hmm. And so to love her well is to just to say, I'm so glad that's working for you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If for, for me, that would put too, I would be too focused on myself. Like that would not be spiritually healthy for me. And, yeah. and therefore, you know, like, like Timothy says, right? Like physical training is of some good, right? It's good to exercise. Yeah. But spiritual training is what lasts here and in the life to come. And and for me, I can't have the spiritual health thing at the yeah. right spot in the priority list if I am way too focused on diet and exercise. Does that mean I don't work out? Absolutely not. I, I exercise six times a week. I try to eat well. But I cannot follow a plan anymore because that is bondage to me. So, so I think just realizing everyone's on a different, in a different part of their path, if you will. Right. But also, I I don't know. I, I do think it is time for us as believers to stand up to some of these messages of culture, right? Because mm-hmm. culture's overarching theme is that you're not good enough unless you wear this size. You're not yeah. good enough unless you look like this. And if the friends around us, our Christian friends, are chasing these different plans because they're believing this lie, that needs to be called out and they need to be encouraged, yeah. right? Like, yeah. hey, it's, that's great that you you feel good eating that way. But I just want you to know your value and worth is not going to change if you lose the weight or if you gain more weight, right? Yeah. I love you. <laughs> I I want to see God use you. And I know he can do that even before you meet all your body goals, right? He yeah. wants to use you now. And, yeah. and so just encouraging each other that that is not where our worth and value is found, that we can be confident and secure in Jesus no matter where we are on the scale of meeting our fitness or body goals. Yeah. Praise God for that. And another piece of just some of the work that you're doing right now that I want to make sure I share with people is you're releasing a book here in a few months about aging, which I think will definitely speak to a good population of our listeners here. And they're probably in a couple different camps. I'll I'll call it three. There's one camp where uh, nobody's got fine lines yet. Nobody's thinking about it. There's group two, which is around my age in our thirties. Our friends are starting to get Botox. Uh, We're starting to see fine lines creep in with our concealer by the end of the day. And we're wondering what to do about that. We're seeing the effects of aging for the first time. And then we've, we've got the age group 45 ish and above who's really who you wrote this message for, um, who were certainly thinking a lot about this topic of aging. And so wherever you fall in that spectrum, I just would love, Heather, for you to share a little bit about um, just your heart for this topic and how it could it could encourage listeners as well. Yeah, so the book is called Aging Gratefully, and it's a devotional. It's a 30-day devotional, so it's more of a quick, a quick read, a quick daily yeah. read. But my heart is that, again, back to, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, Rebecca, but culture tells us aging is bad, right? But what's the alternative to aging? (laughs) Right. Right. And 
And, you know, we use all the anti-aging products and we hear these anti-aging messages. But scripture is not an anti-aging book, right? The Bible actually has some really beautiful things to say about aging being a blessing, aging being a gift, right? And the Bible actually talks about signs of aging, like graying hairs (laughs) as as a blessing, right? And so my heart in this book is, is for us as Christians, as believing women, to start to view aging the way scripture views aging, right? Mm. And and to to start to challenge the lie that I am aging out of relevance, right? Because I think that's yeah. really the problem is I want to keep looking young so you will keep thinking I'm relevant. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there couldn't be anything like less true from, from a biblical perspective, right? Like we have so much more work to do the older we get <laughs> according yeah. to scripture, right? Because there are generations of women who need our wisdom. Yeah. And how much wisdom are we able to share if we're so uber focused on trying to look younger? If that's our first priority, we're missing out on what God has for us as we age. And so that's probably more for my 45 up group. But I know from the research I did for this book that there are women, 25 year olds are struggling with aging, maybe even more than the 50 year olds. So there Mm. is a, a need for a better understanding around what it means to get older and that it's okay and beautiful and, <laughs> yeah. and helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I saw, I keep seeing just posts on social media and funny reels and things like this of where it'll, it'll show this, you know, maybe 10 second clip of young girls doing like a TikTok dance and then it'll flash to like, what this would have looked like in the 90s or what this would have looked like in the 80s. And it's, you know, girls with like no makeup on, with like a grungy sweatshirt, playing with like their best friend, learning an in-sync dance or something mm-hmm. like that, you know? And and I just was thinking about that as you were talking about aging, where I think young girls are coming up in this generation where perfection exists online mm-hmm. or seems to. And... uh you know, it's it's no surprise to me that in your research you found that girls are thinking about aging younger and younger and younger. Yeah. Um, when we just look again at at culture and what culture's teaching young girls, and so um, that that challenges me and that uh, concerns me yeah. <laughs> about culture. And yeah. so I just am really thankful that um, you're going to be equipping us in in this area as well because we're not talking about it enough from a biblical perspective. Thanks. So. You know what's really funny Rebecca, I, I thinking about the memes. I saw a meme and it was the picture from do you remember the old movie Father of the Bride with Steve Martin? Yeah. Okay, so in Father of the Bride 2, she has the baby. The mom has a baby the same time the daughter has a baby, right? So that mm-hmm. tells you her age. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there's this picture from Father of the Bride 1 of Steve Martin. And I do not know why I can't remember the the wife. She's a very famous actress. Um, but it's both of them sitting on the couch. And I think now if you saw that picture, you'd be like, oh, those people are almost 60. And they yeah. were 40. Yeah. And so it's so funny how, yes, our teenagers are looking like they're in their 20s. But our 40-year-olds are looking like they're in their teens. That's right. So I don't know what's going on. We're all confused. 
<laughs> oh man. Well, I'm I'm so excited about this book. I think it's so needed for uh not only not only my people, but your people and even you. younger girls who are, are beginning to battle with this this idea and the thoughts that we have around aging. So super excited about that. And as you know, there's one last question that I ask every guest that comes on the Radical Radiance podcast. And the show really has a heart to help women see how they can radiate the heart of Jesus in their life, work, and relationships and everything that falls underneath that umbrella, including aging and our bodies and all of those things. And so the question I love asking is, what about Jesus makes you radiant? Mm -hmm. Yes, and I would have to say his love, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think that's why I struggled so much with the way my body looked. I wanted to get more love. (laughs) I thought that would earn me more love or at least save me from the rejection of people. If I looked a certain way, they wouldn't be able to disprove of me. And so now I've come to a place where I know there is no amount of physical beauty that I can possess or attain for myself that will make me more beautiful than if I just let Jesus's love shine out. That's really where my true beauty has to come from. Yeah. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Well, I want you to share where can friends connect with you? Where can they grab both of these new books? All of those things after they listen. Yeah, so the books are available everywhere Christian books are sold. That's um, right. I had someone on my show who was like, I feel so stupid saying that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Amazon, actually, you can get the workbook through Baker Bookhouse, uh, sometimes a little cheaper than you can find at other places, but Target, Walmart, all the all the places. Um, and you can connect with me on my website, improvebodyimage.com, or you can listen to me on the Compared to Who podcast. Awesome. Well, friend, I'm so thankful for the work that you're doing and just for your voice in this space. And it's been a joy having you back on the show. And I'm grateful that you joined me today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Heather as much as I did. Go grab the Body Image Workbook and or Aging Gratefully wherever you like to buy books and go give Heather a follow. She is a great person to learn from and I'm excited that we have this conversation so you guys can begin to connect with her. So fun. So if you enjoyed this conversation, would you consider sharing it with a friend? Maybe there's someone that came to mind as you were listening that you think this episode would encourage as well. Would you mind to hit that share button, send it to them in a text message, and then you guys can discuss it on your next coffee date. And if you're not already subscribed to my email list, we send out an email every Tuesday that recaps our sponsors and what we're talking about on the show. And then I give you some discussion questions. So if you do listen to the show with some friends and you just want some good topics to center your discussion around as you recap the show, then we offer those there for you in our weekly email. So I'd love to give that to you. You can sign up for that by going to radicalradiance.live and I'll be back next week for another amazing conversation. I can't wait to talk to you then.